chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control Alt Desire, now streaming on Paramount Plus. And welcome back to the First Cut Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Kyle Porter. That's Mark Immelman. I'm Chip Patterson. Gentlemen, it's been a minute. I've been lost in college football. It's a uh, it's a pleasure to be back with you on the links, uh, at least digitally, at least in conversation. So, uh, as we sit here on uh, a Wednesday evening, how how are we feeling right now? Man, I'm good. Uh, I, I want to be lost with you in college football. I'm all into college football right now too. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know about you, Kyle, but I've enjoyed the the brief break here of, after the Players Championship. It was all kind of crazy there for a few months over the summer. So. I'm kind of waiting for fall to arrive in Georgia. It still feels like the middle of summer, but I'm I, I'm enjoying the brief hiatus. Chip, I I got a question for you because you're one of the few people that does the the crossover college football golf thing. Uh, as as you're you're one of the best in terms of the golf college football crossover. Thank you. Who, who's the who's the Brooks Kepka of college football? Like who who's who's the team that it's like. If they're on, they're terrifying, but you don't you don't really like know what you're getting from week to week. I think you could say that Alabama quarter to quarter. I think that Ooh, uh, the okay. way the same way that Brooks can just turn it on for a major championship, there are like maybe twenty to twenty five minute stretches of Alabama games where they're terrifying, and then there's also a ten minute stretch where all of that otherworldly talent, all those five stars and four stars, can't seem to move the ball. Fault starts, okay. execution well, problems. Well, I want to go then. So who's the Clemson of the PGA Tour then? Clemson would mean that you just kind of are on the upstart. You just kind of arrived to the scene. Ah, JT. Yeah, but he doesn't have the second major. He's that, that, but that's, I think that that's the, that is the vibe. If, if Justin Thomas had one more major championship, like if he had a U.S. Open to go with his PGA, I'd say that'd be Clemson. But who has, no, nobody really has two. Like Zach Johnson has two, but everybody everybody either has one or they have like three or four. So Spieth's got three, Rory's got four, Kepka's got four, and then everybody else, like DJ's got one, Day's got one. Who nobody has two really, which is kind of weird. Hey, you know what? I, I'm 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 enjoying this right now. So who's Rory McIlroy then? I mean, I'm I'm, I'm keen on your take now, Chips. Given given that we're in the 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 time frame now where players are voting for the player of the year and the rookie of the year. Um, who, who's your Rory McIlroy? Of I, I, can I, can I go chip? Oh, is I go for it. Rory's OU. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Really? So, so, so here, here's the thing. I was talking about this with somebody today. Yes. It's the same thing with Oklahoma state. The, the thing we say about Oklahoma state, and this is true. This is more true of OU at a higher level. You say, if their defense is average, they're going to win a ton. Right. Right. Like they, they're not going to lose. And so you say you say the same thing about Rory. If the putting is average, if it's just average, he's never going to lose. And, you know, I think I think if you take the, the metaphor out a little bit further, like, oh, use like they've been there, like they're just 
awesome in the regular season, just lights out. But they can't, they can't figure out the playoff. Wow. Like over, can't, well, no. Wow. I, mean, I love this. Keep going, yeah, please. It, yeah. No, this it, is perfect. It's true. And you know, they've, they've won, they've won big ones in the past. They won it in, in uh, 2000, long time ago, but, uh, haven't, you know, th- they're amazing in the regular season, but, uh, haven't, haven't won it, uh, in the postseason as of uh, late but, anyway. But, 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 but wait, 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 wait a second now. Um, we've got Rory McIlroy who's just won in the postseason. Remember he won the FedEx cup just a little while ago. And I was looking through his numbers. This is right up your alley because you're a strokes gain guy, Kyle. First in strokes gained off the tee. Twelfth strokes gained approach to the green. Incidentally, that's the only category he's behind Brooks Kepka, And uh, Brooks was 11th. Around the green, Rory was 19th. And get this, strokes gained putting 24th. So, um, I don't know. Keep, keep going. I'm keen to hear your take here. Well, that, that's the end of my OU thing. But if you want to have a, a Rory for player of the year conversation, I'm here for that. I, I'm I'm an Let's advocate go. of that. He, well, here, here's the thing. And I, I was talking, I, I think me and Chip hollered about this for a while, but he, he doubled up. And I want to hear your take on this, Mark. He doubled mm-hmm. Brooks's strokes game number. Brooks was like one point. I think Brooks was 1.36 and Rory's like 2.55. Like he doubled crazy. it. And like I get it, I get the major thing and whatever, but like Rory's just a much better golfer, I think, than Brooks Kepka. Well, you, you you talk of those numbers, okay? The best strokes gained total since '04, uh, the basically the shot link era. Woods in '06, 3.44. Woods in '09, 3.18. Woods in '07, 3.09. So there's that stretch of golf. Now it was until 2019. With that 2.55 that you talk of Rory, so it 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 has been a seriously good year. And and to your point, the problem is if you're just glossing over stuff and looking at the majors, yeah, Brooks is your guy. But if you're looking into all the numbers, head to head, Rory's got him. Even head to head victories, Rory has won more head to head than Brooks did. It's just Brooks showed up in the big events four times basically, and then of course the WGC in Memphis. Do you think that the, cause the players vote on this, correct? Yeah. All right. Do you think that they take into consideration the numbers as much as what's being brought to this argument? Because I would wonder if intangibles play as much of a factor as anything else, which would only aid Brooks Kepka in terms of Brooks being a thing, a talking point, sort of a lightning rod for uh, the, the entire golf world. Like, the intangibles are the argument for Brooks Kepka because if player of the year is the guy, the dude, then I think that was Brooks Kepka in 2019. Well, you, you will get certain players, and most of them right now win the era when they will get together with their performance coaches now and start to look through all the strokes gain metrics yeah. and chart a plan as to what to do over the off season or the fall season now to come back stronger in 2020. So they're looking at all these lists, and I'm sure they're seeing McElroy way up there, and and that'll lodge in the memory some. It, 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 I think the answer will sort of indicate where the players really feel about the Players' Championship and about the FedEx Cup, because Rory won the Players, which is, in my book, probably one of the most fair golf courses on the PGA Tour. You could win us from Fred Funk and Tim Clark there, to guys like Stenson and McElroy and Davis Love and Greg Norman. So across the board, you have different players. So he's won the Players' Championship. 
he won, I mean, he put on 61 to win at Canada. That, that was unbelievable. And then the win at Eastlake, he did it all right. I mean, we talked about that in a previous podcast. In my opinion, that final round, typically he tries to force the issue, but he came out playing like Tiger. Hit the ball on the safe side of the hole seven out of nine times on the front nine, just played his way into the lead, then accelerated midway through the round, then sort of recovered and scrambled late, and then the quick flourish for the two birdies. So, I mean, it was some sort of performance he put on. And, and yeah, Brooks is the dude. He's the guy with the biceps who's uh, who knows, posing naked for, for uh, photo shoots and stuff now. <laughs> and he's manly, you know. Of course he is. But but Rory put together some season. And I'm, I'm unsure, Kyle, if folks are just going to kind of rubber stamp this thing for Brooks for player of the year. Yeah, I, I agree, and I, I think it's more of a debate than a lot of people are sort of discussing right now. It seems like everybody's just like, well, Kepka won a major, so that's it. And it's like, really? Like, that that can't be it. We the, There's a real discussion. I, I thought, I want to read, uh, so there's two tweets. This guy named Lou Brown on Twitter. I don't know if you guys follow him. He's yeah, really- I've, I've actually had him on my podcast. He's a very smart guy, man, and he comes up with some good stuff. Yeah, he's awesome, and he said he, he was advocating like he he loves Rory just like everybody else, all of us. But he was advocating for Brooks, and he said this is what he said: virtually every other sport features an opponent trying to cause a physical reaction via either deception or direct interference. Absent that, golf is only interesting on two levels: sheer majesty of skill and what happens when the opponent is oneself. Regarding the former, I would wholly endorse retiring a trophy in Rory's name, but citing a player of his stature's performance in any event outside the majors as a counterweight to a dismal performance therein is closer to describing how well he was hitting it on the range. Wow. So essentially essentially saying wow. like everything outside the major is more about like like is closer to how Rory's like practicing than it which I look like I, I don't I don't know if I totally endorse that but i think his point about the fact that there like in tennis u.s open's going on there's always somebody trying to to you know thwart you to do something to you to put to somebody that can play defense but in golf it's just yourself it's just it's just your mind and we saw we saw rory vulnerable this year at the open um you know and and not play even early at the pga I, I thought he was a little vulnerable and, and he didn't, he didn't lock it down mentally like Brooks did. And, and I think that, I think that, the, I think that stuff matters when you're talking about uh, kind of the, the minutia and the nuances uh, at, at, at the level at which we're talking about them. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I'll, I'll, I, I do agree, but you know, as, as, as far as the open pertains and yes, the major performance from Rory was way below par for him. Um, but but that thing in Port Rush, for all those Irishmen and the Northern Irishmen especially, you couldn't quantify the emotional load those guys were taking, especially McElroy. And how many times did we talk about this? Was there too much hype? And, and, and that's a big deal. I mean, any one of you guys, you go play at your home club in the member guest, you know every break on the place, but there's an intangible about it. And, and I think McElroy fell foul to that in round one. But then you can't forget that round two that he had, Kyle, you were the guy that's the, you text me and you, you're like, this guy has got me glued to the television. <laughs> you I and was. I both, man. I was. Yeah, it, it was, it was a great, here's the thing though. 
unbelievable moment. One of my favorite moments of the year, honestly, because it's Rory, because it's Portrush, because it's a major. But I can't like I can't leverage that into like the player of the year talk because we're talking yeah. about making versus missing a cut. But yes, like if 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 we're talking like moments of the year, that's in my top five. Mm-hmm. What about who well, else? Oh, go I ahead, know, Mark. Chip, I, I, I'll, I'll leave it with this. I think a lot of the players will still side with a major championship performance, but I don't think it's as done a deal if folks are really looking into it as what people thought just a few weeks ago. I agree. And th- and some of this is like a good debate because it's like, well, we, we can talk about whether it's a good debate. It's it's the whole like, you know how they started giving out Cy Youngs to guys that won like, tw- like 12 games, went like yeah. 12 and nine. And you're like, is that good? But like, if you look at the numbers, yeah, it is good. Like that's the right thing to do. And so I I don't know. I I think it's a, I think it's an old school mentality versus new school or or a more open-minded mentality to like, wait a second, like let's dig a little deeper here and see what's actually going on. And uh, I think it's a, I, you know, I, you don't always get interesting, good debates like this about player of the year, but we've got one this year for sure. Okay, so who's the who's the contrarian that's here to crash the party? Mark, you mentioned it before the show. Who is on the ballot for Player of the Year? Where's the where, who's going to be the vote stealer in this uh, in this balloting? I, I don't think there is. I don't think there is. There were four guys announced: Kepka, Kucher, McElroy, and Shoffley. And and look, Kucher was a Renaissance guy this year. Forty-one years old, two victories. Uh, finishes 16th in the FedEx Cup, eight top tens. Um, it was a fantastic season for Cooch. Xander Shoffley, two victories in 21 events, second in the FedEx Cup, nearly steals it from McElroy. Six top tens and 18 cuts made. Uh, those were fantastic seasons, but I just don't. I think they pale with respect and significance to to what Brooks and Rory both did. I mean, Rory's Brooks has got 21 events played, three wins, CJ Cup, the PGA and the WGC had all the top fours or fives in the, in the majors, third in the FedEx Cup, fourth in scoring average, and nine top, ten, uh, nine top tens in tw- uh, and 20 cuts made. McElroy, 19 events, three wins, players, Canadian Open Tour Championship, won the FedEx Cup, led the PGA Tour in scoring average, which caught my eye, and then 14 top tens and 17 of 19 cuts. So... I think those two guys, they stand out, and I don't think anyone is stealing any votes. I wish there was an award for, like, best personal season or something. I, I don't even know. Do you what just you want to give it. Tiger Woods an award? Is that all this is? <laughs> that's what he's no, wanting no, to no. do. You're right. No, you no, that's, no, that's not what I mean. I mean, I mean, like, a season that outperforms, like, your your career average. So it'd be like, like, this year it'd be like, uh, I don't know, maybe Ches Reevy or maybe even Kucher. Like he was, I mean, he was pretty awesome, like throughout the year. And especially like if you look at his, I mean, he's been good for a long time, but he kind of outpaced what he normally does. Gary Woodland, obviously a great year compared to kind of his normal year. But I I think that would be an interesting debate because it's like, man, who was just awesome this year compared to what they normally do? And, And I don't know if you chalk that up to like whatever you chalk it up to. I think it would be an interesting conversation. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Coming up on the other side, we shift our attention to the Rookie of the Year debate next. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. 
From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Okay, for the record, uh, Justin Rose is the Ohio State. Uh, there you go. Just a pretty fat one. <laughs> Wait, who's Purdue? <laughs> who takes him down? I don't know. But I was just trying to think about who has everything is always right there, but just not hasn't been recently, uh, at least at the major championship and otherwise. He won a FedEx Cup, so congratulations, of course, to Justin Rose. But maybe that's like Ohio State's Big Ten championship. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. rookie of the year debate. It's interesting because I, I think – Mark, doesn't the conversation have to do with where we uh, where we put the weight? Because we've had this uh, this insurgence of talent and all of this exciting you know, young rookies that have joined in the in the middle of the season compared to those that have you know your Cameron Champ, your Sung J M, the players that have been in it uh, here for a little bit. How do, how are those two things weighed by the players and the voters in this award? Well, I would expect um, that it's the it's the rookie of the year. So it's the it's the whole it's the bandwidth of the performance. So it's the year long performance. And you've got four of the five guys who've had a victory: Adam Long early, Marikawa, and Wolf late. Um, and Wolf plays eight events, wins at the 3M Open. Marikawa plays nine events, wins at Barracuda. Um, both make it to the second stage of playoffs, basically in the BMW. Long, same thing. Um, but Cameron Champ, who won in the fall, he's a fantastic player, but he lost his gloss, you know, with a bunch of miscuts early in the year. So me personally, if I was voting, I'd have to go to Sun JM. I mean, this guy played 35 events, which is <laughs> superhuman in itself. He's had, he's had seven top tens, made it to the Tour Championship, which for me is a big achievement. I mean, the final 30 guys, you're a stud. And he's had, you know, finished 19th there, 16 top 25s, 26 of 35 cuts made. And I, I've, I've got to believe that the 21-year-old from South Korea gets the nod. Hey, Carl? Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you. I, I think you could go some different ways with this because if you just look at top 10 percentage, you know, Morikawa was like, I think, four out of nine or three out of nine or something like that. And... He, he he was percentage-wise better than Sun JM, but I I do think it matters to have played a full season. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like who's to say that after ten events or whatever it was that Wolf and Morikawa don't go into these big slumps and like they did. You know, I 
I don't know. I, I I'm I'm really I think I think just like the player of the year award, it it's it's very much a philosophical debate of like, do you value a full season of pretty good play versus a really like like a sliver of a season of great play? And you know, I I think like if Morikawa wins like Memorial or Wolf wins. Um, I don't know, like a playoff event. I, I think there's probably a better case. I, I, I do think it matters that it was Barracuda and 3M Open. Not that those are bad events, but they're not they're not the fields. They're not the premier events. I, I, I think I would go Sun JM as well. Mm. Well, I got to tell you this, and I'll probably have to bite my tongue and 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 sort of hide my face in in embarrassment, but. Is if you look at the upside of these guys, they're all massively talented. Obviously, you don't make it to the PGA Tour by accident. Um, but Colin Morikawa, I mean, this guy just has it all, including the personality. In fact, I was speaking with his caddy JJ, who worked for uh, Ryan Moore for the longest time, and JJ jumped at the opportunity to work for this guy when he came out on tour. And JJ's been around the block, good player himself. In fact, won a national championship at a D2 school, uh, Chico State. And so, I mean, when he saw Colin Marikawa come, coming along, he was all over that, and it's worked out well for him. So, you know, the folks in the know kind of rate this guy highly. Look, Wolf's got the electricity, and he's got the Wolf Pack and that sort of stuff. Adam Long's just going to always be around. Cameron Champ has also got some of that, you know, star quality about him because he hits it so far. But Marikawa, goodness gracious, man, he has every weapon in the book. Is that where you uh, – so the rookie of the year uh, deserves looking back. If we were to look forward, is Marikawa where you would push your chips? Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I, wouldn't, I, I almost would say I'm all in. Now, I, I, I might have to revisit my statement, but what I've seen so far, man, he is impressive. He's sneaky long. He's so – he's like an assassin, this guy, so accurate, man. Yeah. It's crazy how accurate the guy is. You're the numbers guy, Kyle. I mean, his proximity is off the charts in the approach shots. Yeah. Um, and and then he makes timely putts too. I mean, look, but for a wicked lip out on the 71st hole in Minneapolis, Matt Wolf doesn't win that event. Yeah, but Morikawa's iron play is, is <laughs> sick. He is awesome from – you know, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think it was like 200 and in. He was just, I mean, it was disgusting. I, I would get, this is not somebody that we were talking about, but Chip and I talked about this uh, a couple pods ago. I'm, I'm all in on Hovland. I think he is, uh, I think he's special. I think if you look at the numbers, he, he's, he, he performed well in the categories that you want, that like a 2020, PGA Tour player needs to perform well to be a superstar, and that's off the tee and and from tee to green. Mm-hmm. And his his around the green stuff was, uh, I I think it was it was below average. His putting I think was like right at average or maybe below it. But I, he just I don't know, man. Like he's got the profile. He's got, I mean, his his resume in 2019. I think you could argue if you throw in the U.S. Open, throw in the Masters. It was the best of any rookie, and it didn't. It was weird because it didn't end with him getting his card, at least during the PGA Tour season. But he he probably had the the best overall year of any rookie, even though like a lot of that stuff like doesn't qualify him for this rookie of the year, and you know whatever. He's not even a, or he wasn't even a PGA Tour member, so it couldn't be rookie of the year. But he is. Uh, I, I think he's. If I had to choose one, I think he's the guy. 
Well, look, it's, uh, there's a lot to get behind there. I mean, the power of the tea, uh, to me, he's just charming. I mean, he's got that easy smile about him and he's quick to, to, to poke fun at himself too, which I find so refreshing in, in an era where these guys are sort of making the, the prepared statements off the time where you never know what you're getting from him in the media room. So, yeah, and he's so wildly talented too. Look, all being said, Chip, I mean, this is a, a really cool group of youngsters we're going to get to uh, watch over the next little while for hovland kyle if you are making the argument of sort of the way that he performed is that a are you flipping on your brooks stance about how we should value the performance in majors uh what do you mean like hovland's performance in majors is a big part of the the impression that he left on the golf world even before he was a professional right like that's part of the general argument for why you would buy in on him yeah, uh, he was really good in in and I think for me with him it's it's less about I mean it is about where he finished um that that matters but just statistically I mean uh, there were like I think three or four events where he led the field in strokes and driving and you're like what is like I like even following him at Oklahoma State and I've mentioned this to you Chip like I I knew he was like really good and and people were people were sort of ignoring the fact that like him and Wolf were basically like the same player last year in college mm-hmm. like numbers wise there was no difference I just I guess I didn't realize how elite he would be off the tee I mean if you're talking about like Strosian off the tee he didn't qualify because he didn't play enough tournaments it's him and Rory like those are the top two and you're like well, uh, okay. Like, is that, is that sustainable? I mean, it, it looks like it is like his, you know, he's owns his own swing. It's not, it wasn't fluky. It was, you know, he did it for a long time. So, uh, I, I think I'm more looking at like the statistics of the tournaments that he played in the major, I mean, he led the field in driving at, uh, at, at Pebble at the U S open. That was impressive. So to me, it's more about that than it is about the finishes. Well, for me to that, I mean, look, power off the tee and the, the ability to drive the golf ball is going to give you the leg up on the competition. There's no debating that. But in the end, I'm always going to gravitate to my Bob Jones as you guys know me. And he learned when Bob Jones learned from Walter Travis how to putt. And Travis said to him, you show me a man who can putt and I will show you a match for any man. Now, you couple a good putter with a good driver then you've got yourself a thing like with McElroy this year with Brooks this year guys making putts and bombing it off the tee that's when you start winning and and if there is just a, a little little crack maybe in the armor I, I would say he tends to be a little streaky on the greens now some of the greats were but the one thing's for certain and that's what Brooks did this year man if there was a putt to be made and it meant something he was finding a way. Tiger Woods back in the day, same deal. If something had to go down, he'd do it. And all of the greats, they had that 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 intangible. When they had to make something from 10, 15, 6 feet, whatever, they, they found a way to knock it home. Mm. That is your player of the year and your rookie of the year debate. That is Kyle Porter. That is Mark Immelman. I am Chip Patterson. Gentlemen, it's been fun. Thank you very much. Thanks, Chip. Appreciate you guys.